Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories from local legends of Australian running that you simply always wanted to hear. Today in episode two, I interview Brisbane runner Clay Dawson. When you think of Brisbane running, you think of Clay Dawson. The name is simply synonymous with running in this city. Clay has won the Brisbane Marathon more than any other male runner, taking the title in 2014, 2017 and at 2019. Clay's had a long-term affiliation with In Training, a well-known and successful Brisbane running group, and in more recent years with his training group, the Nancy Crew. So as always, sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing from one of Brisbane's greats. Who side are you on the most here this afternoon, mate? Is it Nancy or In Training? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. It has to be In Training, I guess. They're giving the fringe benefits. Yeah, you've been with them for a long time. Hey, hey, mate. Um, tell me what's what's it like in ISO with that backyard and that white running you've been doing around the um the garden? How far is your loop? It's 190 meters. Oh um, right. Which is relatively long given what my coach has done because he he has a backyard loop that's a loop that's about I think 20 meters or 30 meters that he's done. I think he said he's done a half marathon on that before. Oh, wow. So he, he considers me a bit soft for doing 190 metres. Um, yeah. It's wide. You, you did a half marathon a few days ago, didn't you, around that, that loop? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, it, the, the plus side is there's toilets on course always and plenty of hydration. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. And, uh, and, and support. You got fans there at home, family and that kind of thing looking on. Yeah, absolutely. My um, my daughter's out there clapping, and my son tags in for a couple of laps here and there. Um, it it does get a bit boring for them too, though. I must admit. Oh, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Like those who don't follow running, would probably think you're mad. But I I see exactly why you're doing it, especially when you're ISO and you you want to get the distance and K's up for sure. Yeah, we're only three weeks out from race day, so. It oh, just, okay. So which which race is that? Um, the Sydney International um, 100K Ultra. Oh, wow. So that's the um, Aura Nationals this year. It's down in Sydney in three weeks. So it's not the best time to go into ISO, but then it might be, a, might be the benefit. Like it might, be a, it might be the perfect time to have a bit of a taper. Yeah, yeah, almost forced taper, hey. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure your, so, first, your first thoughts were like, oh, man, like why, why now? Why at this point in time? Yeah, a week after the race would have been ideal, but um, but that's okay. I, I think I had a similar, the first time I did a 100K race, I think it was maybe three or four weeks before that race and I had a, an injury and it forced me to scale back quite a bit. So And that worked out to be a blessing. Like I had a blinder of a race. So you just got to stay positive. There's no, you know, there's no alternative, is there? No, there, if you want to survive it and do well, there, there really isn't. Um, but we'll get to that later on. So um, let's get to some formalities, hey? Sure, sure. So it's like you and I have known each other for a long time, but we mm-hmm. we haven't been super close, I guess. But we, I think we met officially last year at a GPS practice meet or maybe the GPS yeah. day very quickly. We are both super busy. And I pretty mm, much yeah, came it's... from afar and said, hey, Clay, it's, it's Ollie. You know, it's the guy that you've probably seen around for 10 years and, and heard of. And yeah. Um, 
see me and heard of the, the West End running group at the time and coach those guys. So it was good to put a, a face officially to the name. Absolutely. Yeah, you're not, you're not kidding. Those events are, are pretty intense. I came from a state school background, so to see the, the way the private schools run those events is phenomenal. Um, the atmosphere and the, it's, it's, it's something I do. I wasn't familiar. Maybe there's an equivalent with the state school, but I was never fast enough when I was young to... <laughs> I think I think it's pretty unrivaled. I've worked in and out of state schools um, for ten odd years now, and yeah, you get. I think it's through the rep rep sport, the Met, um, North and East and West and that kind of thing that you get that kind of atmosphere, but not not school related. Um, So you're you're coaching at um, Ippy Grammar then, right? Oh, yeah, kind of as assistant coach, kind of a pace bunny, (laughs) pretty much. Oh, right, Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm sort of, I sort of supplement. Uh, Glenn Yarram does the coaching out there um, with Andrew Joyce and some of those other guys and, and they come up with the program and I just pretty much try and give the kids something to chase or in some cases um, sort of hold on to their ankles a little bit. Oh, it's awesome. Isn't it, isn't it funny, like running as an older guy with kids, particularly I find the pacing, their pacing's always so crazy. They go out so hard and um, mm. If we can yeah. do anything to help them, it's literally to be consistent with it. I'd always be mid-pack in the first rep and miles ahead on the last rep. So it, <laughs> it plays into what you say, typically. Oh, for sure. Hey, you know, I know Glenn Yarram too. Um, funny enough, we met at Ipswich State High many years ago. He, he was uh, a track teacher wow. at the time. Um, <laughs> And we just started talking and running came up. And I think at the time I thought I was half decent, to be honest with you. And Glenn just absolutely smoked me with his times and um, yeah, put, put, put me in my place. <laughs> and that was probably when he was like truly peaking. It was about 20, 2012, 13, I think. Mm, yep. I've had similar experiences. Although it's, I've had the same thing with him and, and Jackson Elliott and, and Jay Twist back in the day. I remember rocking up at races and thinking, oh, yeah, I reckon I've got a good shot at this. And the, you, you can't have an ego in this sport because it's that, the second you have that ego, the real players come out and they, and they put you, the running gods take care of you. Oh, for that's sure. for sure. But I mean, if um, we're going to so, give you any ego in the next few minutes, it'll be about your Brisbane feats. Like there's always, the thing in running is there's always, unless you're Elliot Kipchoge, there's always someone faster than you. But the, the good thing is you can you can run to improve yourself. Um, and that's mm. that's what I love about the sport. And that, that goes to mental things as well. But I mean, you're, you're a husband, father, teacher. You're helping yeah. out, assisting, coaching there. You're running. Um, so a few things going on. How, how long have you married for, mate? Has that been a while? Yeah, about seven years. Yeah. Eight yeah. Years. My wife's laughing. I should know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's about eight years. Oh, she's right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you've got two kids, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I've got Jasper. He's six and Poppy that's 12 months. Yeah, Poppy girl, yeah? Yep. Yeah. Ah, it's good. And, um, and teaching-wise, so... Assisting and coaching in a private school at Ippy Grammar, but teaching art, I believe. What school are you at? Uh, at Rosewood State High School. It's a, a really great school west of Ipswich. Oh, excellent. I really enjoyed my time actually working at Ipswich State High. Had some challenges, but yeah, definitely enjoyed it. And then what about the Nancy crew? Is that just a training group or are you some kind of coach? Who, who's the leader of that whole thing? 
I I love the mystique of the Nancys. It's great. <laughs> um, initially, it was started by my coach. He's a genius, um, uh, Peter Reeves. And I think he was kind of, see, the, the history of the Nancys is pretty muddied and it's great. It's great little folklore out at Ipswich. But <laughs> essentially, I'm one of the founding members and I still don't really quite know the origin entirely. But I think it, it's a uh, coach, uh, Peter Reeves, set up with Paul Shard and some of the other originals, uh, a kind of a running group to, in collaboration with the Burt Squad, almost to kind of take the mickey out of them a little bit and have a bit of a jibe with them and get a bit of banter oh, okay. and, and get a bit of a rivalry going. Um, a f- absolute friendly rivalry. Uh, some of our junior athletes have been a bit confused by that. but I knew there was a rivalry. I, I didn't know, like, yeah, how not hostile it was or anything, but if it was, like, completely a positive, like, competitive relationship between the two groups. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's oh, entirely awesome. it. And even to the point where we play it up almost, we're more like a caricature of the Burts. So whereas they're, they're the Brisbane elite running squad, they're quite serious and they're, um, you know, somewhat elitist, but they're very, you, you have to be to be an elite squad. Um, yeah. We're kind of gone the other way and we're all encompassing and we we think we care about things like age gradings and we have team songs and ridiculously like over the top outfits and and personalities, hopefully. And it's, yeah, it's it's definitely a friendly rivalry and it's brought out the best in our runners. It's brought out the best in their runners, I'd like to think. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, and there's such a depth of running out here. Um, like you had Glenn Yarram, what you, you spoke yep. of before. We've had um, Alistair Stevenson came from out here. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he, um, won, a, he won a CD South of that number of years ago. Yeah. I just remember seeing him flying through that 14K off Incredible 1500 meter runner. We've had uh, Eamon yeah. Nunn, yeah. Um, Paul Shard, big ultra runner, um, Jude Thomas, of course. Yeah. He's um, yeah. doing one. So yeah. there's a, there's even down to Connor, Connor Matheson, who's an incredible young athlete. There's such a depth in running and talent um, in out at Ipswich. So it seems, it seems like the perfect club um, or organization to keep them humble and to, to be a bit of a launching pad. Oh, you definitely, you've hit a market, but I mean, it's organically happened. You've got a love for, for running and, and for helping and coaching, um, particularly younger yeah. athletes. So it's fantastic for the area, you're doing good things. Um, well, the beautiful thing as well is that it's um, entirely free and it's all encompassing. So, you know, anyone who wants to join can join. Um, we're a bit quirky. We run a lot of our sessions barefoot, but the sessions are free. Um, there's no costs. It's it's pretty amazing. And Coach is very insistent about that since day one. Um, he's been the most amazingly giving guy I've ever met in my life. Um, and he just keeps giving. He's a real asset. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I was when I started the West End Running Group, we we did charity stuff for a year. But after a year, I did it with my dad. Um, him and I started it. And it was based there because he was living there at the time. But I remember after mm. a year... <clears throat> He proposes to me, says, Ollie, we should make this kind of a business, make it your business. He was actually moving away overseas at the time. And he said, oh, you should, you should charge people for it. And I was just so torn about what to do um, because for the, for the like primary cause of it was to, to um, raise the profile of running and get, get people fit who were mm. keen in running. And I was really torn with it. And especially because we were never going to make much money. Like, 
unless you're a huge, huge group in Brisbane or any city, you'll, you'll make a bit of money. But yeah, um, it's um, a difficult thing, but it's good to see you continuing that. And it's definitely growing, running out there and keeping, mm. keeping people um, or giving people an option as opposed to different things they could be doing with their time out of Ipswich. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a stigma, unfortunately, about Ipswich, but, you know, we remain positive and, and hopefully the driving force that comes out of this is positivity and taking, um, adopting a heavy, a healthy lifestyle and yeah, having a bit of fun. Life's way too short to not. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah it definitely is. So just to get to you, mate, and some background about your running and times um, to set mm-hmm. the scene, so to speak. Um, and you're a pretty modest guy. Like you'd agree that when when you step out of the smaller runs and you you even put yourself at you know at the Gold Coast Marathon, probably the biggest run here in Australia um, on the running calendar, that it can be very tough. But like mm. I said earlier, you can really make um, success of of a, an area that you run in, whether it's across Strava segments down the road or it's the Brisbane Marathon, which you you have won three times, and I think more than any other male runner i was skimming through this the other day and i've seen a female runner had won it four times do you remember her name um it might be roxy fraser i'm not sure no, well it wasn't check. her i'd have to check it again i do remember seeing her there um anyway that yeah i was kind of trying to confirm if you'd won it the most obviously out of being a being a man or a lady um but yeah she was four and you were three i think closest guy was two you might know who that is. Yeah, Rosadaro. There might have been a virtual win in there too. It might boost me up. I'm not oh, sure. I think it was 2019 earlier. 2019 earlier. Uh, so yeah, you'd you'd won that in 2014, 2017, 2019, and then COVID hit 2020. So mm-hmm. uh, you've had your fair share of wins. They were all around 230 as well. Like you've nailed each of those runs. Yeah. Yeah. There was one. Um, there was one that was sub, I think it was 220, 227 or 228. And that 228, was 228, 15. 40. I'm looking at it right now. All <laughs> oh, right. And it was after, um, that was about four weeks after I ran Gold Coast Marathon and did a PB there. So it was around the time that um, I joined yeah. the Nancy's. So I couldn't break 230 for the life of me. And I trained the house down and trained the house down. And then I came, I met up with coach and the training became smarter and easier. And I had the Gold Coast hit a PB and then four weeks later, thereabouts hit um, Brisbane and wasn't far off that PB again. And then Sunshine Coast a few weeks later, knocked it out again and got a, a 228 there. So oh, it was literally wow. three, three times in under two months where we just knocked it out of the park. And it was, it was a big hallelujah moment for me, put it that way. Oh, definitely. And for those who don't know um, pacing super well, I'm not great with the marathon probably because i've never done one but <laughs> is that about um is that about 330 pace i think it's around there yeah i've i've not gone too close to it now i'm not too not been too religious with my marathon running um apart from just sort of rocking up and having a having fun i've sort of moved into the ultra running now so those sorts of paces scare me a bit i don't do a lot of pace work anymore so getting a lot oh, slower yeah well let's get to a few of those so like you said um 2017 was the big year for you 20 uh, 226 54 was that gold coast time yep. and then you right. mentioned 220 two, 228s um across mm-hmm. brisbane and sunny coast mm-hmm. so awesome year and then yeah. 
I'll go I'll go lower in terms of distance, but I know I know you'd probably tell me to stop after the half probably. You, I know you love your longer distance, but the half one eleven fifteen, which is a great time at Gold Coast as well, twenty thirteen. That correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, found that. I, think I think I found I think- that on your pro your profile IAAF profile. Okay, I, I did do a see. It's not an IAAF event, but yeah. I, the Doom one I did a, a one ten forty something. I think and that was a fair while ago. Obviously, oh, but. yeah, I did that. That Doom, I did the Doom in ten thousand. That that was that part of the Queensland half marathon, or is that something yeah. different? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was when it was at Doom, and I think it was one of the last years it was there. And um, I, by all accounts, Donnie Wallace measured the course, so. It's a pretty accurate reading, but you know, take, say that it, you, as, as it stands, I'll take the one eleven for sure at, at Gold Coast. Oh, they're not much different. And then the ten k thirty three twelve, which again is a really good time. But um, you'd be picking. I know you'd pick that marathon yourself definitely as a standout. And anyone that knows their running would see that two twenty six or two twenty seven. Yeah, and and probably you know. also probably also in a hundred k time. I think stacks up a bit better. Let's get to those times because I haven't found anything on those. I know that obviously the last few years and going forward, you'll focus on that. So you've done it. Have you done a 50 and a hundred or how does that work? No, just straight into the hundred. <laughs> uh, yeah. I said that the story essentially goes in 2019. I had a friend, Paul Chard, who ran a 500 K race at, um, at Narang on the Gold Coast over a few days. And we just thought he was crazy. We knew he was crazy anyway. But that was a special kind of crazy. And I remember going down to see him finish and just the elation. And at that point, I was toying with the idea of going down to Melbourne for a family trip. And I saw that there was a Ned Kelly chase down there, a 100K race. And I thought, well, you know, why not do something a bit shocking and a bit weird? And when I saw Shardy finish, that sort of locked it in. And I went, you know what, this is the thing for me. And I trained up and went down there and didn't do any research about 100K running um, just followed my coach's advice, uh, made sure that I had plenty of drink bottles, but didn't really think too much about nutrition, food. I didn't know any times. Or I, I looked roughly. I knew that an A qualifier for the world champs was seven hours. So I thought that must be sort of an achievable time if it's an A qualifier. Um, and then sort of went down and just threw it on the line and just had fun and, and ended up coming in at six hours, 54 and I got back to the hotel after the race and my phone had just lit, lit up and my emails had lit up from people over in France, um, the Australian team over there and messaging going, wow, what a cracking run. That's amazing. I went, oh, okay. Like I didn't kind of get what it was. And then um, someone might've put it in perspective. It might've been John Pearson or one of those ultra runners that have said, no, this is a big deal. Like, no one's run under seven hours in 25 years. And I went, oh, okay. And and it, that run put me, I think, at number six in Australia ever. Um, so in that case, uh, it's, yeah, the, um, the, <laughs> the, the lack of knowledge helped me, I think. I think if I'd, if I'd known I was doing a, a blistering time, maybe when I hit 80Ks, I would have second-guessed myself or gone, oh, you know maybe i'm going out too hard maybe i'm going to blow up maybe i won't survive this but ignorance was kind of bliss and it worked out well so um so that time translates really well it seems that my the shorter i go the 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 more sort of 
every day my times get. So I'm, I'm definitely a longer runner, I think. I'm learning that now. Oh, yeah. And has that, has that been like taken like time for you to learn that? I mean, did you, were you running, this gets into the, sort of the next section, but were you, did you start early, like as a kid? And then run in high school competitively, or have you started essentially late as a um, semi-professional runner? Yeah, essentially late. Yeah, very much late. I'd finished sort of university and I was pretty obese. Um, I did a, a study. I remember during my my prac, there was a thing in the Korea Mail looking for obese males, and um, I thought I'll have a crack, I guess, like you know, for a free study where they'll give you all the printouts and and a full analysis of your body and I thought that'd be kind of cool I wasn't sort of athletic at all and um I sort of signed up my details and they said you're perfect and I went oh okay and a light bulb sort of went off and I went through that test and um it came back and there was the graph there that said I was very firmly into the obese category <laughs> um I think my weight at that point was 120 kg um and at that point I thought oh, well like there's nothing you can do it, it, a heavy set guy's a heavy set guy. This is just the way life is. So I started working out just in the gym where I lived at the complex. And when the equipment broke, I went for a run and I found I enjoyed it. So I just kept running. And I did that for a few years, dropped a heap of weight, no watches, no GPS, no tracking or anything, just running purely for fun and enjoyment. Definitely no races. Um, I didn't think there was a racing scene in Queensland. Um, and then I went and lived over in Canada for 12 months and got sort of suckered into some adventure races. And because I was the one that ran a bit, they put me in the run leg and it kind of took off from there. I started beating people and, and I did a half marathon over there and it really just took off really organically like that. Wow. So what year was that, mate? Was that um, around what, 2005-ish or? Uh, no, 2010. I remember it was the so do you, do, you, do you care to share your age at that point in time at 2020 and 2010 sorry uh, 2010 well i'm 40 now so uh it's got to be around 29 28 yeah. yeah pretty very late for the sport then yeah um and it's a it, that's probably part of the reason why it's easy to you know to not be caught up in the hype and and to, to remain humble is purely because it came so quickly and I know how, how fickle a running career can be. And I've seen firsthand how quickly you're forgotten when you walk away from the Brisbane marathon precinct, you know, you could be having, you could have the winner's medal around your neck and the people at the bus stop on the corner won't notice you. So it's, it's a blessing. I think that it, it keeps you in check and it, it reminds you of the things that do matter. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that whole story around, um, you, you know, your challenges with your weight and not not being a runner essentially to your late twenties. Is that how well known is that? Is that something more known to closer friends of yours or? Um, no, it's it's been pretty open about that and yeah. spoken spoken a lot about it. It's not something I overly publicise anymore because there's a million of those stories out there, which is great. Yeah. Um, it's you know, there's no shortage of people who've lost weight through running. Um, but yeah, I, I try to not grandstand too much as an athlete. Cause like I said, the running gods will strike you down very quickly when you, you start claiming that you've got a miracle elixir or you've got something that no one else has. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, so 
where to from there? Like you, was it sort of your early thirties that you started to become competitive? What was the actual first run that you had, you'd won? Or was it like a park run or something like that? Any, it even, was, even a more like insignificant event that you won that kind of got you was, really excited about racing? Well, probably over in Canada where we, I started doing some fun runs there and yeah. I did the half marathon and I'm on debut with just ridiculous training. I think I did it as my training was run as hard as you can, as far as you can <laughs> every day, even the day before the half, I did that. And, um, oh my God. And was, I that still, your, I still did, was that your, yeah. just your plan? You were making your own stuff up? Yeah. I didn't know there was such a yeah. thing as a running plan. And I just, I, and I still didn't take it seriously because I didn't think you never consider that you're going to be good at something. You just, you know, especially the, especially not coming from a background in it, everything was novel and everything was new and it was all fresh and organic. Um, so a lot of mistakes were made <laughs> along the journey, but that's, and that was probably one of them, but I, I finished my first marath- half marathon in one sixteen or something and um, just caught the bug and did a whole bunch of fun runs after that. That was in in Canada, that one sixteen. Yeah, yeah, in Victoria, the oh, Good okay. Life Victoria Marathon. Beat my PB by seven seven minutes already. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> and you, and you probably, your first your first half marathon. <laughs> I it would have been a pretty ridiculous negative split if that's any consolation. I would have gone yeah, out very yeah, hard. Okay. Been a little, yeah, it would have been quite ruthless to watch. Um, but yeah, and then I did some fun runs and stuff. And even back then, I remember thinking you have your goals. Everyone has those goals where you go, gee, I would give my left leg, I'd stop running tomorrow if I ran a 40-minute 10K or just to get a third in a fun run, just get one of those little ribbons. And um, and then once you get those, the, the goals get a bit further. You go, oh, gee, I'd love to be one of those. I'd love to just come first or I'd love to cross the, the finish line and break a tape in front of people or um, yeah, stuff, have a novelty oversized check, all these little stupid goals yeah, that you yeah. have, but they it keeps growing and never you never you never do cut your leg off and you never do quit running because you just see how long you can stay on the roller coaster before you have to put your hand up yeah that's it uh and then so back in brisbane so was the brisbane marathon in 2014 the first Mm -hmm. then really major well you know bigger event so to speak in the running scene in southeast queensland was that the first in terms, of yours then? Um, in terms of the ones I've won, um, I've won heaps of heaps and heaps and heaps of fun runs. Um, I was quite, when I got back, I was, the bug had definitely caught. Once I'd found a running community and I started training with the Ipswich Tri Club, um, I was racing twice a weekend, once a weekend, every race I could get to. I was driving up the Sunshine Coast to the, the Rotary Fun Run Barbecue Short Course 5K. Yeah, anything that was out there. Yeah. Anything that I could sign up to, I was going to. And I was, cleaning a fair few of them up i think glenn yarram joked i think to the paper that i was the fun run king of queensland because i would just and it was it was nothing to do with i mean it probably looked to everyone that it was all about getting prize money or notoriety or anything but it was purely just had to start somewhere yeah and just bewilderment yeah i'd never been good at anything (laughs) to that degree and and it was intoxicating the training was I just couldn't train enough. I couldn't race enough. The feeling of, you know, having, you know, obviously it's not that I had a very bad self-esteem, but I was comfortably average in a lot of things. So to find that you're, um, you're good at something was intoxicating. 
Um, so oh, I raced yeah. and raced and raced. Um, so the, the, in terms of the big events, I was still very much aware that I wasn't a top of the pile. And the second a really good runner would rock up, that would firmly put me in my place. Um, but I, I, did a, I did my marathon debut down in Sydney and um, did pretty well. I think I came fourth out of the Aussies and did a 2.32 on debut. Yeah, in what um, year? About 2015, 16? Uh, yeah, somewhere around then. Well, I assume, I assume a... you did the, the marathon after the, the half. Yes. You didn't do a marathon. Yeah, yeah, it was. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be somewhere around then, and it would have been obviously before Brisbane. Um, and yeah, the Brisbane was the breakthrough win, I think. Yeah, oh, that definitely. Was, that was pretty special. And I've still, uh, just the photo on the, on the wall, I'll, I just remember crossing the line, feeling that I'd, it felt like I'd robbed a bank. Like people like me didn't win races like this. And I crossed the line and my wife was there losing her brain. And at that, we didn't have, my kids weren't around at that point. My mum and dad were there and, um, and they were absolutely going mental because I've got a, a few older brothers and, and they're quite athletic and quite sporty, but I was never the sporty one. So the, it, it was really one of those, it was, it sounds ridiculous to say, but even a kilometre before the end of that race, I was sure I was going to, I was going to lose and there was no one near me. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, who, who it's was funny. How, who was second in the end in that? This is 2014, right? Yeah. I couldn't tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Fair enough. You've done You've done a few, few fun runs. They do. They do blend together. There are some special events, but that, that I can only remember the last, 50 meters of that event. So if you took out park runs, how many fun runs do you reckon you've ever done? Are we talking hundreds? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. Do you keep every single medal? Or have you had like a, yep. a big throw out yep. or anything? Or yeah, I've got all of them. No, you- uh, I've got all of them. Where do you store them? Uh, there's a pretty much a closet that's, that's yeah. chockers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, I, I guess it's, it's in that point, I guess it's a bit of a vanity project, but it's, it's nice that occasionally to look back and, and take stock because it can be when you get injured and, and stuff, it can be the most harrowing sport. I mean, you know how it, how it oh, is when you get injured, yeah. yeah. you know, you, you forget all your, your glory and your triumphs and all you're focused on is the fact that your body's failed you and, you know. Yeah. Oh mate, it's that. taken me a week, week in ISO to like, it's almost like even after a week, I forget I'm a runner. Mm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You kind of you associate yourself with being um, so stationary, even yeah, even a few days to a week. Like, yeah. So yeah, when longer term injuries can can take their bearing. What so for you in terms of injuries? Then, what's what have been your worst injuries that have put you out, or you've had to really work through? Probably my worst one last year was. Um... It happened last year was an ankle injury and I still don't quite know what it was, but it was, it, it started off quite mild and then became just harrowing. It took, took the edge off a lot of the marathons and runs I did last year. So I had some pretty good success, but it was finishing a run and it was agony in bed that night and for the next few weeks, but I still tried to train through it and tried to work around it. And it was just the silliest approach to it. Um, you know, it's was it a sprained ankle or no, it was kind of the outside of the ankle was just 
constantly inflamed and it would the pain would move around the ankle and stuff like that um it's thankfully it's better now and and we've kind of worked once once the race season finished i really focused on making sure that i looked after it and and did the right thing but it was tough oh yeah so would that that be that'd be a most significant injury do you think like do you think particularly if because you've started running late and even mm. coupled with um, even barefoot running and mm-hmm. then building Ks over time, do you think that's all helped for you to be, you've had some injuries, but it's not like you've been yeah. out of sport for long periods of no. time like some runners. No, that's it. I've, um, I've only really had maybe grade one, grade two tears and stuff. And through the barefooting and being really focused and having my coach being quite vigilant with that, um, <laughs> I obviously took the reins last year and you saw what happened, but uh, for any other sort of injury, it's normally I'm jogging slowly on the barefoot two days after it and we're starting to build back. And so there's been no really significant injuries. And I think a lot, a lot of what you said there is the barefoot running and the, um, the relaxed approach to it and the fact that I've started late, definitely. Yeah. And, and the barefoot running, how did how did you get into that? Was it some kind of book you'd read? There's a lot of books out there on barefoot running or research or any particular runner or coach that got you into it? Um, yeah, I when I was in Canada it was around when Chris McDougall's book came out, or at least when I discovered it and and where that free running revolution sort of came through. Yeah. So I jumped forward with that. And even when I look at my um and and coach sort of when I linked up with coach eventually much later. Um, he's a massive barefoot running advocate. So it kind of, we were both on the same sort of path. I think he was quite ahead of me in terms of development with that. Um, but even to the point where my PB at the Gold Coast was in, um, as you know, Wave Universe 5, which is, I think they weigh, oh, the, they were the lightest shoe in the world at one point. They're literally waffles. And I managed all three of those marathons in the same pair. Um, it's just phenomenal. So, you think really, like kind of the, like just sort of like a wraparound shoes almost with no sole. Essentially. You know that, that Merrill, Merrill brand's got a few. I had, I had a mate who I used to coach at um, West End had these Merrill shoes that like, yeah, they're just simplistic mm. in nature. And nothing like, through them. But he like, yeah, he, he's strong, like strong calves, quick, quick runner, um, which you need to be or you train yourself to be by, by running barefoot. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I can't do that anymore. And I must admit now that I'm a convert to the super shoes. Um, Cause even if, it, even if it is a placebo effect, you know, you look around the start line, you, you have to be on board with that really. Um, and in terms of once you start going longer, you do have to take into account, uh, take into account the impact on the, the joints and stuff. So I've kind of gone, but it's still startling to think of all the money that gets poured into the the super shoes. My 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 PB time by a long way is still in glorified socks with rubber rubber soles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy to think. Um, and but how do you how do you go running in both? Like, does it feel like you you're standing on like a, a like a stool, like a step compared to running barefoot? How do you? Because I wear pretty thick set. Yeah. Um, I wear Brooks for training like easy runs anyway. So running in a more of a super shoe for me is pretty easy to transition. Is it 
any harder or different going completely flat on the ground barefoot to a super shoe? Um, it's not as dramatic as you think because the, yeah. the grasses we run on are quite soft and absorbent. So you, you are getting that absorption that's similar to the, yeah. you know, to the Nikes or the Hawkers or, um, or what have you. So there is, it's not quite as dramatic. Yeah, you do notice it on race day when you stand there. You do feel like you're, you've got fish tanks strapped to your feet, like an inch taller or something, like one of those Hollywood actors trying to shape up next to a supermodel or something. But, um, but you know, once you get going, it's that spring effect and, you know, it, it is quite amazing. Oh, I've watched, yeah, watched a few docos um, on it recently, actually. They seem to be pretty successful. I, I haven't tried the Nikes yet, but I, I, I wear athletics, so they're a bit um, difficult to get in particular mm. shoes. But yeah, I, I won't talk about that too much. Wearing an orthotic because you're you're a barefoot runner. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, no, I found <laughs> I had to chalk up my heels last year with the ankle injury. Yeah, so but... so there's no, I, I yeah, I'm not anti-orthotics, or and I'm certainly not smart enough to outthink a podiatrist. So. Yeah, no, I'm battling battling through that as I get older, what I do with that. But anyway, um, I wanted to get to the in-training um, affiliation and relationship you've had with, with them. Um, for those who don't know who, who are listening, that's, um, well, essentially, they're arguably the biggest running group in Brisbane. You put Pat Carroll running group up there uh, with them as well. Um, and they're everywhere. Like, they, they started, I from what I know, in the city, but they've, kind of gone outskirts north and south side in different areas so they have a very big group um how did you get a hold of them at that you know that stage in your late 20s when you started to run again or was it in your early 30s um because yeah when you think of in training you, you think of you think of clay dawson that's that's lovely <laughs> um yeah they contacted me early and and while i was sort of running around the the fun runs and, and sort of offered me some support in terms of some shoes and race entries and stuff like that. And, and as a brand ambassador for them to sort of publicize the club and their event and their events and stuff. And, and I was doing their events anyway. So it seemed like a no brainer, especially as someone who, you know, I'm not going to get chased down by major sponsors and stuff. I really wanted to get behind a group and a, and a company that really had the best interests of Queensland runners in, in mind. So it seemed like the perfect fit and it, and it kind of has been. Um, they've always sort of had my back and, and, you know, I'm big on sort of acknowledging the people that have helped me because, you know, it, as much as it is a solo pursuit, it's not really a solo pursuit. Um, and they've always been there to, to help me. And, and the runners, each of the members themselves are, are phenomenal. I've, I've been in races in Sydney and you'll be at your lowest point on course and you'll hear a go in training and you'll see the, the matching uniform running the other way. And it, it's, it's that little bit of community and that little bit of Queensland that's, yeah. that's really special. So I'm happy to sort of, to fly the flag for them hundred percent. They, they encompass a lot of good things in, in Queensland running. I'm very proud of my association with them for sure. Yeah, well, they definitely cater for a, like for everyone, for kids, for adults, mm. um, for slower runners, faster runners. Um, and yeah, to have you as kind of an ambassador, I think it's a great thing. But is that a like a paid or financial 
um, connection with them at all? Is, are you like sponsored by them or how, how does that work? Um, yeah, I'm sponsored by them, but there's no, no sort of financial yeah. benefit. They'll, they'll, they'll fit me up with shoes and stuff when I need them, but I try not to lean too heavily on them in regards to that because I do believe in the brand and I do believe in the club. Yeah. And, and to be honest, um, I, I see a business and, and my parents come from small business backgrounds and, you know, again, it, it, there's no place for ego in our sport. And if I start marching into stores demanding what I need and what I, what's responsible to me, it's, it doesn't fit the image of a runner in my mind and it doesn't fit the image of what I, I think they're trying to, what they encompass. So, um, yeah, to some degree, they, they definitely help me out. But um, I, I wouldn't wear the uniform if I didn't believe in the core values, that's for sure. Oh, no, it's excellent. Um, when I put my list of questions together, if there was any that made me uh, any more anxious than others, it was that one. Um, I thought you might come back at me a bit hard, but um, oh, no. No, it's, it's great. Like, you seem like a charitable guy, particularly that couple with the Nancy stuff. Um, any any shout-outs to in-training and any names and in-training, any staff early on that got around you uh, in terms of your running? I think... Um, you know, Ricky Swindale definitely was was an um, initial person and and a wonderful asset for our our community as well. He's always the amount of times I see him running the timing at events and stuff. I'm pretty sure he was someone who maybe alerted Stephen Margo to me, and then Stephen Margo have been phenomenal. They're the founders, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. The whole, the whole Manning family is phenomenal. There's so many. There's so many people that in training has <laughs> just been yeah. phenomenal. So. <laughs> um, yeah, Matt, like Matty Horston, uh, Greg Scanlon, Emily Donker, um, Liam Woolett. There's uh, even back to Hamish Hamilton and James Hamilton. Um, and wow, there's so many. And there's so many different groups. Solly and John, who run the Churn, well, I think they still run the Churnside group. They've been phenomenal as well. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a big family of runners and that spreads all over Brisbane. And it's kind of nice. Um, yeah, you know, it's 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 funny. Probably the only thing I feel funny about is is being, you know, as an elite runner, um, as being up on that pedestal when really we're all in a shared battle with whatever <laughs> our own personalities are on that particular day. So I, that's one thing that I've, I've never really come accustomed to. Although I do take the, the fringe benefits at the Gold Coast Marathon. I remember one time somehow... They let me go into the elite area where the Africans were, oh, yeah. and um, when it ju just opened for the Commonwealth Games, the um, the swimming centre, so they had big buffets of tables and masseuses and hot and cold baths and all the all the bells and whistles. And I got there a good an hour early before the race, and I, I looked at there was Yuki Kawaichi and um, and all the African runners running around. I thought, oh, gee, I better do their warm up, and I followed them around. I was a good meter and a half behind them, like a proper stalker. And they didn't make it run like okay. five or six K warm up or something, did they? Exactly. And I had the worst <laughs> race in the world. My coach, coach afterwards checked my driver and he said, Why did you do five Ks before you started? And I said, it was actually five K, yeah. Yeah, it's about five Ks they did warm up. And he said, Why did you do that? I, said, I don't know. I saw them doing it. I thought that that would that's the difference between a two thirty marathon and a two oh eight marathon run. It's not. No. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to get to the Gold Coast um, and use it as Absolutely. like a platform for 
for your training because I mean, in was it twenty yeah twenty thirteen you got your PB there of two twenty six fifty four. Um, that's mm-hmm. what nine years ago now. How does your how does your training differ now compared to then? So you happy to talk us through like how you in your peak. If we treat that as your peak in your running career for a marathon anyway, how were you training then and how do you train now considering you're moving towards ultra events and maybe a few more marathons, I assume? The 2017, the marathon, um, the training hasn't changed that much. It was just a bit more of the the two sessions a week of the speed sessions were a bit more focused um, on speed. and um, But the the core of our running um that coach and I go through is on quantity um and and making sure you get a, a core base of slow running in and and very comfortable running is the the core of our running and nowadays it just encompasses less of those speed sessions and more distance so I'll try to incorporate um instead of a 30k long run on a Sunday or 20k long run on a Sunday I'll try and do an occasional 40 or 50 or, or even just go by hours. So next week I'm going to try and consolidate the week this week by maybe trying to get a five or six hour run in. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever double up your long runs? Um, only by circumstance. So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, coach, coach has a fantastic saying and I always perpetuate it on social media, which is training's the art of what's possible. And it's a great philosophy to have um, in terms of if, if, like, you know, if you're stuck at work sometimes, you can have that, that um, the second you try to pencil that run in or try to, to lock that run in in the afternoon, it's that afternoon that you're going to get held back at a meeting or yeah, uh, a spontaneous yeah. come over in Queensland. So you've got to be adaptable. Um, similarly, if you're on holidays and you notice that there's a two-hour window, you can sneak out and get a run done. So it is that trying to be accommodating with, what the world throws at you and try to go with the ebbs and flows. Um, oh, definitely. And with your, your Gold Coast preparation years ago, so those two sessions, were they a, a Tuesday, Friday? What was your setup for the week on those? Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, generally. And, oh, Tuesday, um, Thursday, yeah. Yep. And then maybe a, a lighter sort of session on it or a, a tempo-y sort of session on a Saturday, if like a park run or something. But yeah, essentially... Okay. Yeah, but the sessions weren't ridiculous. And that's the thing that I learned early on is I would absolutely pummel myself every day of the week. And I'd see these things, these legendary workouts that are 41K reps or, you know, these stupidly long, well, not, you know, um, they could be great. But from my perspective now, they seem overindulgent. Um, but we'd, we'd only get really three to four Ks of hard work in a session. Um, We'd still get fifteen to twenty k's in the the day, in from including warm up, cool down. But yeah, the, the actual core hard work was no more than three four k's generally. Yeah, no, it's good to hear. Yeah, those sort of super sessions they're calling them now, almost like the shoes are becoming pretty popular. I think Strava's maybe got a bit to blame for that. People wanting to put up sessions to look absolutely, um, really feel yeah. fast and that kind of thing. That's it, and and the. Once you start doubting your training and doubting the basics, that's when it, it starts to come unstuck and, you know, you know, it becomes a vicious cycle. If you're trying to one-up the other guy and he's trying to one-up you, then eventually, you know, you're both going to break down and hurt. Oh, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And in terms of K, total case for the week, back then and, 
and and now and how that's changed or you, you you're sort of known for running well, a fair few k's yeah i still haven't gotten quite that ridiculous 200k sort of reputation but uh yeah. back then i think it was around 140 to 160 and it's still hovering around 160 to 170 at the moment um with occasional dents for covid and life's mishaps yeah no it's a good probably good area to be around particularly um for the marathon but yeah two sessions a week everything else pretty easy maybe double ups on a monday wednesday friday and then then your long run sunday and when Absolutely. when do you normally start your taper are you a, a month out kind of guy are you because you run a fair bit you can afford to taper like two to three weeks for your marathon uh this it's for a marathon it's generally three days generally yeah the sessions will, will oh sorry i mean also your, your, long runs, your long runs that is for the for the ultras um, no, sorry for your for your marathon yeah your Sunday long runs are they are they oh, coming yeah. back you know from a month out no 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 right yeah. up to week before you're still doing the long runs but you you might run to feel a little bit if you need to chop a bit off you can chop a bit off but they're yeah. all conversational and social running anyway so yeah you know you there's there's never any of those flashy sessions that you see where the last 5ks are at race pace or anything like that yeah, a bit different to Kai Robinson, who I interviewed last um, episode one. <laughs> you know, he every month he 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 his his long runs are like three forty five pace, and then he'll give a progressive to like three thirty three twenties in that last five k. He runs so quick, and it's obviously so, working. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is, and it's interesting to it see how it's going to go. You know, yeah. I I know. <laughs> It's, I'm definitely not going to besmirch what he's doing, but for me as a runner, I, I need the, the longer runs to recover and it's about time on the legs as well. It's nice knowing that, you know, when it gets to four hours of a run and I've got two hours to go or three hours to go that I can, it's not, there's no doubt that I'm going to finish. Next one was about uh, a diet, like diet through the week and what you eat um, pre and post race. You run a lot of Ks. And mm. you, you, yeah, you, you perform in longer events. So how do you fuel up um, through the week and before races? Um, I don't tend to focus on diet too much other than um, for the longer runs, making sure I get calories in. Um, and I try to supplement um, vitamin drinks and stuff just to, to keep the sickness at bay mostly and to, to get a bit of magnesium into my body. Um, but Having said that, sort of, I'm. I have spoken before with people about the day before a race, a marathon. I'll find the sugariest donut, and and get that in my system, knowing that, you know, it's an extra bit of motivation to get up in the morning, and it's also, it'll burn off very quickly. Um, yeah, I try not to obsess about it, especially coming from a weight loss background. I think, it can be a dangerous place for male and female athletes. Mm. To, to really obsess about weight. And I, I do have that personality where I, I can obsess about things like that. So I try not to focus on it at all. I don't stand on scales and, or anything like that. Oh, for sure. Well, how much, how much would you weigh now? Um, have you weighed yourself? I don't, I haven't weighed myself in years. I, I, I'm about low seventies, I think. Yeah, I think I'm around the same place. Yeah. Yeah. About that. Yeah. yeah. You know, 
And I found when I was weighing myself, I was obsessing, thinking that uh, I needed to be 68 kilos or lower and I'd really focus on that. And, you know, if you're an elite athlete and that's the only thing you do, it's, it's, it's probably easier to focus on your diet. But when you're, you know, working full time and, and trying to set a, set a, a good example for your kids and, you, you know, and, and juggle a social life as well, it's, it's not conclusive. So I don't focus on that. Yeah, and I guess like if, as long as your stomach can handle it in both training and racing, mm-hmm. then why, yeah, why not? Why not have the sugar and, and extra carbs? It's 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 a funny kind of concept. Like even even when I'm at work, for instance, and I run far less k's than you do, I'll get judged. Like people will be like, oh, "Ollie, why are you having a piece of cake from the morning tea table?" I'm like, "Because mm-hmm. I can. I like I run a lot. I can have a yeah. piece of cake." Like. It you know, no, yeah. it, for me you might be similar. If if you feel healthy, you feel lean, you're running well, you're not injured, then like is that primary for you? Hundred percent, yeah. And it's about your your mental well being as well. Like, and the you don't want to rock up to a race and have the anxiety of well, I need this many, I need to get this specific meal. And and sometimes I've rocked up at races and the the planes have been late and the bus has been late and you. You get in, uh, even with Brisbane Marathon last year, I was staying with my, my family in a hotel and we ordered a, um, a one of those rideshare food companies. I won't name which one because it's not a great story for them, but that I ordered the food and it said it was coming in 10 minutes. I said, that's great. That's my family's meal. It's my meal. And half an hour went by and an hour went by and two hours went by and it's 9.30 at night and I've got a six-month-old or three month old that's screaming and a, a poor six year old that's trying to eat his leg off and uh, you know a frazzled wife and I'm worrying about races and putting pins on bibs and then they cancelled the order immediately so it was 10 30 at night I needed to source other food and it was all this stress that could have been avoided if you if you just if you're a bit more relaxed about it now that's probably not a great example to use in terms of you know, not obsessing about certain food, but you don't want those same sorts of feelings. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but like, it's, I guess all yeah. of it aside though, generally through the, through the week, you're eating relatively okay, like pretty normal wholesome foods though, or um, you're not, it's not like you're binging on no. uh, takeaways every night and having lollies and sugar. Yeah, yeah. So no, pretty not, normal diet. I do have, pretty much, yeah. I'd like to think I'm pretty average. I do, I don't avoid sugar and I do have a bit of a sweet tooth, but I, yeah. the, the flip side of that is I don't drink alcohol um, purely for no other reason that I just don't enjoy it that much. Um, I don't judge or anything like that, but, you know, I drink, you know, probably something that's worse. Like I'll have a can of Coke or something occasionally. So, well, you could argue you that. Know. Yeah. Yeah. And did that change that you drank before you were running, like in your 20s? Oh yeah, back through university, absolutely. Yeah. I was part of that that, that binge culture, yeah. and it's it's not it's at, it's just not conclusive to my lifestyle now. And and yeah, yeah, I don't judge anyone that does that, but you know, I can't afford to have a hangover because Sunday long runs, you know, on on the regular. Yeah, your priorities change, don't they? Like the, the for me, it's the more like the morning counts, whereas back back then. Um, you're staying up later. So you're prioritizing the nighttime over in the morning. So if you're planning yeah. things in the morning, planning runs. Um, so the cafe almost changes with the bar, doesn't it? You go get a coffee instead of getting a, That's a exactly drink. It. That's exactly right. 
yeah and you know that's just you're, you're exactly you've hit the nail on the head your, your priorities change and and i'm a happier person now if i can spend a maximum amount of hours with my kids and you know generally that's not in the valley partying up at nightclubs at night it's during the day so yeah it's a bit far anyway from this which getting to the valley though isn't it absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um so if if we can nail anything down though pre-race before a marathon um super quickly what would you eat on the on the morning and what time are you up in the morning before it probably one of the best bits of advice i got given <clears throat> was to eat what eat whatever you comfortably can eat without unsettling your stomach so a grilled chicken burger would be fine um if a truckload of chips came out with it i'd maybe think consciously about whether i want to gorge myself um but you know i certainly wouldn't head to a, a, a spicy new you know indian place that i hadn't experimented with before so yeah, yeah. generally generally um for me non-spicy foods and a nice healthy seeming food at least yeah so fruit bread um mm. oats yeah generally yeah. just anything that you would regularly eat won't upset your, your stomach in any way yeah and how many how many gels do you take in a in a marathon uh, I don't take any gels oh, you don't? on course. No, just because I found that I find the whole process of drinking them, uh, trying to consume them and ripping them off and having them in your pockets. It's just another anxiety that, you know, I've had people, you watch them fall apart when they, when they miss their gel or they, you know, whereas if yeah, I just, I would just make sure that I consciously hit every drink station. Um, if there's, an option to put drinks on course i'll put some powerade or something some sort of rehydrate on course yeah. um one thing to do to protect myself a little bit is i'll carry um like jelly beans in my back pocket yeah um so if i do need a sugar hit i can throw one of those in um most of the time i don't touch them and they get yeah. chucked out at the end of the race they're there um and that's that's what i use because I, I yeah i find that the gels um you, you can rely very heavily on them yeah, and I assume that's through training, like particularly long runs, you you just wouldn't have them unless it's a significantly long run. I yeah. assume you're just not even having them and that's teaching your body to adapt. Absolutely. And even when I run a long run on a Sunday, I won't have breakfast before that long run and my body's oh, really? kind of adapted yeah. to get used to that. Yeah, because generally, you know, you can get – and that's I – always, I always find it funny when people go for a run and they have to carry a water bottle with them. Um, I kind of understand nowadays with hygiene why that's the case, but you know, five, 10 years ago, you go, well, there's never, I've never been on a run where if I'm desperate, I can't find a toilet or I can't find yeah, yeah. a drink tap yeah. <laughs> or at least be humble enough to knock on someone's door and ask if I can drink from a tap or something. No. <laughs> and, and most people generally aren't going for three hour runs. So it just seems like something you're carrying that you don't really need to carry. Yeah. Or even, <clears throat> even I know people who, even before a 5k jog need to have all this food mm. which is maybe a fear of not having enough energy um but it's also like you just over time don't you like you you adapt like i won't i mm. won't eat probably before a um eight to 10k jog if i'm jogging like an hour 12 to 15k i'll have something and before a long run but i mean yeah you do what works for you and and you do if you want to if you want to try things you just got to adapt hey yeah, and I think that's probably the takeaway from our whole conversation is just getting in tune with what works for your body. Um, yeah. Because 
that at the end of the day, you're the master of your body. You're the one that has lived in it the whole life, hopefully. <laughs> so you should know it better than anyone. And you should have, a, a, and getting attuned with that sixth sense of knowing what good pain is and what dangerous pain is and knowing, you know, whether you're feeling fit or confident or how to overgo, uh, overcome anxieties and stuff like that. Um, it's all about a personal journey. I think at the end of the day, you can take as many awards and podiums and PBs as you want, but it's, I think the most, the worthwhile thing you get out of the sport is the, the personal journey. Oh, for sure. It's all, isn't it always the hardest question when someone asks like, who doesn't know much about running? They're like, like, why do you run? And you just, just going through your brain is like a thousand things. Like where the hell do I start? And you just, you yeah, can't, it's almost like you can't justify it, particularly to those who live a, contrasted lifestyle when yeah they are up later at night uh, or they're even, the yeah. party scene or yeah even explaining to my son at the moment where he'll i'll say look i have to go out for a run and he'll go dad why do you have to go for a run i go well it's just what i have to do. like it's 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 part of the routine he goes oh okay so will you go to the olympics one day <laughs> no there's no way yeah, i'll yeah, ever go yeah. to the olympics why do you have to do it you just have to that's and I think it's in the long run, it's great because it'll teach him perseverance and that, that that's, you know, goals don't happen by accident, but it's a really good question. It's one that I ask myself a few times too. I'm sure you do as well. Oh, I do. But I think I realise now when I get injured in the last few years that it's, it's primarily uh, for mental purposes. Absolutely. Mm. Like I started um, as a young kid doing it, but it was all about racing in my early 20s and for me i've never been super quick but just getting faster and faster running a hard park run every week and when you get injured or you have time off you realize like the last seven days in isolation um how much it actually helps you function just day to day the energy that you have yeah and even yeah your, your cognitive ability and how well your brain fires and you, how much you can emotionally regulate yourself like was your wife pushing you out the door <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I know mine does when I, she goes when I'm getting a bit sort of you know a bit unbearable she'll go go for a run and I'll come back and she'll go that's better oh that's I don't, I don't get that that's uh that's lucky <laughs> I won't let the wife listen yeah. that <laughs> now we're still learning we got a we got a um 11 month old now at home so wow. um wow. yeah I've got yeah. a question about that coming up very shortly but before i get there um where what are your goals now for this year and next year in terms of your running are you have you got a, are you doing the gold coast marathon or are you just purely ultras now i think this year i have to focus on um this 100k uh in three weeks and then hopefully my time from last year uh, and my time before that, and maybe my time this year. Hopefully, that'll get me a place in the uh, Australian team for the Worlds over in Germany. And that's that's one hundred percent my focus at the moment. I'll do marathons and stuff on the side, but it's for once in my life I kind of have to really drill down on one race, and that's getting to getting to Worlds if I can. Um, because like we've spoken about my journey, and it was never part of the plan to be to even get a third place ribbon at a fun run. So to be able to wear the green and gold in a legitimate fashion um, is something that, you know, I, I can't pass up that opportunity. So that that's, yeah, I'm pretty focused on that. Oh, it's excellent. Um, yeah, you've obviously learned 
where your where your talents lie and what you enjoy. So yeah, why not? Aren't they the two things we look for? <laughs> like succeeding and also doing the things that we like to actually do that bring us joy. Absolutely. So it seems like you found it. So no, yeah. no marathon, no um the COVID the COVID period sought you out a few years gap there after some success in 2019. Mm -hmm. Has that kind of was that kind of a, a um challenge knowing that you're getting a bit older and there's years passing where you can't enter these these events that were cancelled yeah there's a little bit of that and I, I still have a soft spot for the brisbane marathon and and yeah the, a, a lot of marathons so i will tack a few of those in um but i think i think one thing i learned from last year with my injury was trying to do too much all at once and and you lose lose sight of what the goals are and and it becomes a bit draining i was a bit sort of burnt out mentally when that injury came can't hit its hit its um peak last year yeah so, yeah, so, yeah. no it's exciting um yeah i'll keep in the loop with that i don't often keep in the loop of ultra running but um considering you've been on here now i'll um do my best to get involved and yeah unfortunately it is it's still growing as a sport even running itself it's still a very niche sport compared to um you know the footy codes and things so yeah let's let's hope that um that it can in increase and improve its reputation and, and how well known it is but i mean maybe that that isn't needed maybe you just enjoy what you do as well yeah yeah it's a that's an interesting way to look at it whether you whether these things have to happen organically yeah through things park runs and and whatnot or whether we have to <clears throat> make a united front and and do look at i i see that um channel seven have picked up the athletics rights now so maybe that's an avenue that's going to bolster our sport i'm not sure um at the end of the day though running's been around since the cavemen and it'll be around long after we're gone so it's you know i think it's it's a it's a bigger beast than than we can kind of anticipate yeah, yeah. I, I honestly don't mind that it's not in the limelight as much. Like coaching at Churchy and um, I was acting director there last year. There's far less pressure <laughs> on mm. what you're doing um, compared to, you know, at schools like that. It's it's rugby and soccer and basketball. They're the big ones. Um, so I, look, I don't I don't mind that it, it's been a bit yeah. niche, but yeah, it's always growing. And I bet you see the the smiles that the kids have as well, and it's it's that real connection that you get as well. That's probably maybe a bit lost when you're focusing on, you know, accolades and and prizes and making sure that you hit benchmarks. You know, you yeah. get the real, real benefit. Oh, it's very like it's very almost primal. It's yeah, running's just you and you and the elements, and and then it's the team environment coming together and working together for an end result as a team. Um, which yeah, it goes against. Once you leave school, generally running's individual. You can be in teams, but yeah, it's pretty pretty cool like that. It's pretty intimate and um, close environment that you build for sure. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, this is this is the last question. This and this goes back to um, balancing everything in your life in your week, being a being a husband, dad, teacher, um, coach, runner. Do you, have, do you have any other hobbies before we get to the fact of actually balancing those things? Uh, yeah, I do some art and, and design and stuff. And yeah. 
odds and ends and a bit of um emceeing and hosting at events and stuff and i don't know yeah wringing the, the sponge of life a bit <laughs> at the moment yeah so how do you for me like yeah i'm learning um i've been married for two years now and have an 11 month old at home balancing when i run for example like for me what works is um in the morning it's got to be early like 5 a.m when they're asleep so he'll go down like maybe eight o'clock at night and then if we're lucky he sleeps through that's pretty rare but he's up at about between six to seven now so yeah if i'm back by 6 30 ish i can kind of put my father hat on and and help out so and then this morning i've gone for a run at 9 30 when he had a morning nap um which i hate doing because one I like setting the scene at the start of the day, having a run, but it's hotter. So mm. he had an hour of sleep and I got out at 9.30 and got that done. Um, but yeah, how how do you do it with two of them? And they're older than than mine. So, and then obviously you're, you're um, teaching and, and your other hobbies. Very similarly. And and like I said, it comes down to that that training being the art of what's possible. And it's a fine line that's hard to, to tiptoe, to be honest. Um, and it's ones that I occasionally get wrong. Um, but then there's times as well when it can be beneficial and you, and you, you see opportunities where they weren't. I remember when I was, when Jas was really young and we only had the one, um, there were times when I grabbed a racing pram and I'd, and I'd run 15 Ks with him and he loved it and I loved it. And, and you know, it wasn't a track session, but it was more beneficial than sitting at home and twiddling our thumbs. So you sort of see opportunities there as well. But yeah, it's exactly like you said. You've just got to be a bit, a bit flexible. Yeah, I see. Yeah, for a lot of doubles and like your Strava captions saying things like, "Oh, picking up something from the shop or running whilst the kids are doing something." Um, yeah. So you said, yeah, you seem to just find the windows at work. I think it it does really matter when your better half is um, accepting of what you're doing. Like, were you running? When did you guys meet? Like, were you running before or after um, that point in time? No, no. She saw the birth of the beast and she kind of encouraged it, to be honest. Oh, uh, okay. She was one of the ones in, in Canada that sort of pushed me into doing these running races. And and when I came back, sort of said, look, you really seem like you enjoy this. Maybe you should try and find a running community. And it was her idea um, to kind of start this thing. So she's been on the journey and seen the highs and the lows and been through everything. So, yeah, um, she just wants you fully ripped out and lean did she <laughs> i don't know if the uh, marathon or ultra marathoners body's ever going to fill a calendar up but um, probably more just healthy and sound minded i think is is probably what she what she sees in in it for me i think and for her and for the family in general yeah it's a funny thing isn't it because it takes time to do but the time taken to do it gives back time when when you uh recreationally um operating through the day that during that time, therefore you are um, a better person um, yeah. when, you're, when you're running, so. Yeah, but you're the father that can live longer, hopefully, and, and also jump yeah. on the trampoline. Son wants to jump on the trampoline. You're not sort of coughed in the corner, looking at your watch, you know. So yeah, you're more engaged as well. So you're absolutely right. Oh, it's great. And does your wife or kids run? Um. No, I've tried not to push push it too much. My wife um, did a bit of running, but obviously life's really difficult when you've got kids and unfortunately she gets sort of 
she's um, taken the lion's share of parenting in terms of um, with the late nights and stuff as well. Like we, I try to help out, but to be honest, she does the majority of it. Um, my son's sort of, I haven't tried to push it on him because I, I think, you know, I, I dream one day that I, that my daughter and my son can go out and we can run run on a trail somewhere or, or go, you know, do some adventure where we run together. But if that's not the way that they want to do it, then I don't want to force them into it either. So he's he's started, even with my backyard loops, he'll, at the moment, he'll jump in and do a couple of loops with me and he's smiling and he's got really good form. <laughs> Um, but at the end, at the end of the day, I don't want to. I don't want to force it. I don't want to, you know, shoehorn him into the car to get him to little A's or anything like that. I'd rather him find the sport organically, and and that way I can celebrate his successes as something he genuinely wants to do. Oh, cool! No, it seems like you got it worked out. So you definitely weren't a, a father who bought him like little Nike shoes or like running singles <laughs> to put him. Have you had any of those moments or not? Uh, I have, I, I have got him a couple of my running singlets and stuff and we yeah. have dressed up at a couple of running events where I've given him the matching outfit and I run with a headband, um, and he wore the headband as well. Um, and he's been, in, he's enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I just, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tough because I don't want him to get the wrong idea with the sport either. If I, if I do end up on a podium, I don't want him thinking that the whole idea of the sport is to wind up with a trophy in your hand or anything. I want this. It's a pretty harrowing sport. If you focus on the rewards, yeah, it's not, you're going to get rich off. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a delicate balance, but I, I do probably enthusiastically encourage him when he, when he does show an interest, but I'm trying to temper my enthusiasm a bit and make it a bit more organic. Yeah, no, it's good. I, th- I think we're pretty similar. Like the other, other week, um, my son was playing with some toys and I look around and literally there's a basketball, this like little soft basketball thing we have. And then this AFL ball and like I'm rugby all over. I'm rugby <laughs> and running obviously, but I looked at the wife and I said, they were, what, what's going on here? Like, can we get something in this house that like I'm into or we're into <laughs> like, where yeah. these things come from? And like, the thing with running is all you can have around the house is shoes, but um, yeah, and no, I think it's I think it's good to give them an opportunity to, to find out what works for them, and that's how I found running was um, with my dad. I went out to the um, I think Roadrunners. That's been around for a long time, hasn't it? I think it was Roadrunners. Mm, he brought me yeah. out to West End um, years ago. <clears throat> I actually hated it, and um, I just remember running these things, thinking that was so long, and I, all I wanted to do was stop, but I reckon, yeah, subtly through those sort of things that um, I started to run, I guess. So, yeah, it goes the way it goes, doesn't it? Yep, absolutely does. Now, um, yeah. yeah, to finish, I wanted to put these quick questions to you. Um, yeah, they're meant to be pretty quick fire and short answers. So, happy to finish on that note? 100%, yeah. Excellent. We're almost in an hour and a half. Uh, which is good. You ready? Hope you know the answers to these. <laughs> yep. Um, so, Renee, what does what does Nancy, the training group, actually stand for? Is that an acronym? Yes, it is. It uh, stands for Naturally Athletic, Nurtured Culturally in Ipswich. Alrighty. Um, I'll stick to my 
premise of these being quick buyer. I'd love to ask you more about it. Um, what shoes do you run in at the moment for like all sorts of runs, your easier runs and your harder runs? Uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm wearing uh, Alpha Flies um, just purely to, to ease my ankle through. Um, yeah, I have run in um, Hawkers and a whole bunch of other shoes, Brooks. And um, yeah, I'm not really a shoe um, devotee. I like being not tied down to one brand. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, this one I penciled in before I actually found out that uh, you weren't running until your late 20s, but I've listed here, who was your b biggest running idol growing up? But do you think there was any moments looking back then that even subconsciously influenced you to be a runner now or not? Like completely not. <laughs> I remember watching Steve Monaghetti at the City to Surf once a year. And I, yeah. as far as I knew, there was one running event in Australia, probably the world, as far as I knew. Um, and that was watching Steve Monaghetti take it to the, the Kenyans um, on that course, maybe once or twice. So I guess maybe that planted a seed somewhere in my brain. Yeah, okay. And so what about now? Who, who'd be your biggest running idol now? And, and I'll, I'll propose this to you. Is it someone younger than you? Not giving you any names. I'm thinking of someone, but uh, or we can do both. There's so many. It's ridiculous. And I, it, it feels horrible narrowing it down, but I'm inspired by people like Jude Thomas and, and uh, Aiden Hobbs and Dion yeah. um, in uh, Melbourne. was a massively great ultra runner and an incredible guy. Um, yeah, uh, there's, yeah, there's so many. I've got. A, I made a lunchbox, a custom lunchbox last year that was just full of runners that I idolised. Kipchoge, of course, and yeah. um, Steve Fontaine and um, Robert De Costello, Steve Monaghetti, Benita Willis, um, Lisa Waitman. It just, yeah, anyone and anyone. I get starstruck very easily. Yeah, there's a lot out there at the moment. I'm, I'm really. Um, it's interesting that you, you say guys like Aiden and and. Um, Jude Thomas, obviously, are amazing runners, but they're not they're not Kipchogis um, because they're the ones that you've run with. So it seems like they've had an influence on you. What about um, if you had to pick one young guy, like up and coming runner, uh, that that you think is the most promising at the moment in Australia? Who would that be? It's hard to go by Jude Thomas. He's um. There's something in his, and and I don't have like I don't come from a pedigree of running, but I've I've seen something in him when he runs that is so mature about beyond anything that I've seen. It's phenomenal, and he's so humble and so down to earth, and and so well brought up that, and just has natural raw unbridled talent. It's incredible. Yeah, he has to be a standout for me. But then I I have a very close relationship with him, so yeah. you know. It's hard yeah. to ignore. He's pasting you lap after lap. <laughs> yeah, well, well, question four and five, I kind of predicted would be Jude Thomas, but um, now, now it's gone public. Um, all right, this one, this is a, you might need a bit of time to think about this, or maybe not. Favourite park run in Queensland and why that's the favourite? <laughs> um, I'll uh, tell you, um, it's hard. I have to go Ipswich, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, is this limestone park? Is this limestone or yeah, limestone yeah, park. yeah, yeah? It's um, it's it's you, you know you've done it when you've done it. Put it that way. And they run they run it on the footpath, so don't they? Not the grass. Yeah, just the footpaths, and it's a double lapper. 
Um, it's an amazing course where it seems like every uphill, there's another uphill. There's no downhills, it seems. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd have to wake up at about 4 a.m. to get there from Brisbane, but um, maybe one day I'll, uh, I'll make a debut. <laughs> Done. I'll show you, exaggerate. <laughs> uh all right fastest <laughs> park run you reckon in queensland the fastest and either you've done it or you've heard about it and i'm not biased pretty... towards brisbane ones here but oh look it, yeah well kedron has to be fast doesn't it it's got the yeah. australian record um yep. sandgate sandgate was pretty phenomenal we used to have a, yep. a nancy get together out there nancy v burt and it drew in an incredible number of of sub 20 sub 16 sub 15 runners at one point um, is that the champs yeah. they're doing every year still yeah um, yeah we haven't been involved i think for a yeah. few years with COVID and whatnot but um yeah the, the first two inaugural years were just amazing um yeah well you you were out there for that weren't you no i've actually never been never been out there um for that particular run or wherever they've done it has it always been sandgate yeah, just Sandgate. And, well, the traditional ones were, and it was phenomenal. That's why there were so many people there that just fly. I assumed you would have been there because <laughs> I've just got to bust there. out a 15 flatmate and I'll, uh, I'll get invited. Oh, I think I did. I think I did a 15.30 last time we had it and I came 20th or 25th yeah. or something. Like it was phenomenal, the depth. Oh, it's um, it's the only thing comparable, so, yeah. I reckon, to like being in a, in a peloton on the bike. Like, I actually reckon there's mm. benefit. Obviously, breaking the wind and that kind of thing is minor, but mentally, having so many guys around you, I reckon it's just awesome. That whole concept. I'll get there next time. Yeah. But I'm getting older. And the vibe. Hey, speaking of parkrun, have you got any parkrun records anywhere? Uh Aiden Hobbs keeps taking them. I think he's taking yeah, everyone's. Yeah. Hey, you know, moment, you said, um, remember you said you were the fun run king. I reckon Aiden Hobbs was like the park run king for a couple of years. So he took a few of yours. Yeah, possibly. He's taken a few of mine. He's taken a few of everybody's, I think. <laughs> uh, so remember, I think I've got one left and I don't want to tell him where um, <laughs> open forum where it is. I know he'll, he'll go out there and probably get it um, easily. He's a lot more talented than I am. Um, no yeah, I've is got it out one west? at Stanthorpe. Is it out west somewhere? Yeah, it's out Stanthorpe, I think. So, Stanthorpe, what time? Not, is it? Is it sub-16? Yes, I yeah. think so. It's not long of this world, though. It's a very good course. All right, I won't get, go there to break it myself. I'll be, I'll be coming in over a minute later. Um, <laughs> this one, oh, this, this is a good question for you, and we can include Ipswich, but where do you reckon is the best trail or gravel in brisbane and i'm talking not like on the outer skirts on like proper trails on mountains but within the ipswich brisbane sort of area obviously the uq trails well used but it's very obviously um urbanized so to speak any any others or maybe you don't want to share it because there's a secret trail out at Ipswich. i don't really do a lot of trail running but yeah. um the, I, I know I've been out to Mount Lake Manchester's pretty good and they're pretty impressive climbs out there. Um, and there's, yeah, maybe also like the same thing as, as UQ, there's the Mount Tui um, at Mount Cravat there. There's some trails out there, yeah. but they're kind of suburbanized as well. But yeah. yeah, probably Lake Manchester, I'd say. Yeah, and I've seen a few runners out there in the last year or so, particularly on the um, western side. 
but I, if I drove there from here, mm. I'm up up near Nudgee College in Banya. I'd probably be half an hour, 40 minutes tops. So it's always been a thought to run on the east side, but I've seen plenty use um, the west side routes as well, which look like the mm. hillier, longer trails anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly familiar with trail running. My joints are too old for that. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, don't don't get on them. I've got a bit of a bug, but um, I haven't done too much, like, crazy hilly ones, but I just, yeah, I've got a bit of a thing for hunting down any gravel in Brisbane. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I can see it being addictive. I'm just way too unco. I would, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking more like compacted trails. Like I've got a few out here at the Boondle Wetlands. Um, which I always rave about to my mates and try and get them out there. Um, but you can probably get about yeah. close to 8K of maybe a 20K longy um, of trail there. I just think it adds a variety yes, to your nice. run. You get, you get a bit bored of running yeah, down a main right. road. So I don't know. I appreciate your time, mate. And um, yeah, I'm sure the in-training community, Nancy guys, anyone you've, you've run with, um, your family, that everyone will appreciate having you listen. So yeah, please do spread the word. And um, yeah, to not to, to contact you two days ago, I think, or was it yesterday? And have you talking to me for almost two hours is like it just shows your generosity and and the um kind of people that we get to meet in our sport. So thanks, mate. No, thank you. Um, yeah, I'll let you get back to being doing your family thing. And I think I've got to start cutting some laps in this backyard. The grass is getting long. <laughs> I enjoy that, man. Good luck for your 100k up in three weeks. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, it'll be what it be. It's if it's not this one, it'll be the next one. If it's not the next yeah. one, yeah. Just enjoy it, yeah, mate. That's all you can do, mate. Yeah, thank you. Have a good afternoon. Yeah, we'll see you, mate. Cheers. See you.